0: This is, my this is my favorite album
1: this is my favorite album this is my favorite album this is my favorite album. this is my favorite album this is my favorite album Welcome to my favorite album with me Andrea Cleary
0: I'm Richard Chambers and this is my favorite album
1: Welcome back to my favorite album with me Andrea Cleary. This week's guest is Richard Chambers, who you'll know from Virgin Media News, his brilliant podcast, The Group Chat with Zara King and Gavin Reilly, and his book, State of Emergency, reporting on the COVID-19 pandemic in Ireland. While Richard is a very serious journalist, he's also very passionate about music. He chose Good Kid, Mad City by Kendrick Lamar as his favourite album and brought such an interesting perspective to it. I loved this chat and I really hope you do too. So let's dive in. Here's Richard Chambers and his favourite album. (laughs) Straight out of Compton, it's Richard Chambers. Hello. Hey, how's it going? I'm very well, thank you. How are you?
0: Great, yeah. Delighted to have a chance to talk about something which isn't, you know, COVID-19 or the news or something, you know?
1: Well, my first questions were going to be a about... <laughs> No, they weren't. <laughs> um, would you please introduce your favourite album? To yes. God, please?
0: My favourite album is one um, that has been... It was a revelatory moment for me. It's 2012, so it's a decade old now. Mm. It's Kendrick Lamar's Good Kid, Mad City. And it's
1: our most recent album that we've had so is far, it? on the podcast. Yeah, um, I, well. I think that's right. Yeah, and I think it's also the first album that we've had where the person who's chosen it wasn't a teenager when it came out. Yeah, kind of thing. So I'm really interested as to kind of how, how as, a, as a younger adult your favorite album kind of like entered your life and then became that. Mm. So tell me about when you first listened to it, first heard it, Did you, were, were you there when it came out? Were you I, I was, you yeah, I,
0: I, I remember really distinctly actually because I, I was into hip hop a lot of the time, still am, but um, I was sort of in and out of work. I was sort of very, very early stages of career, young guy living in Dublin and just had loads of time to walk around or to commute listening to music. And I heard the buzz about Kendrick Lamar a couple of years Before that, I heard Section 80, which was sort of his minor label, sort of a mixtape, really. Mm. And I was like, okay, this guy is, this guy, this guy is the one, this guy is, this is the one we're going to be talking about forever. Yeah. And then this landed and there was a huge hype about it. And then I think it was the first time I listened to it. And it sort of starts off with like, you know, the sound of like a tape going into a tape recorder and being rewound and played. And I was just like... I, I, I sort of I had to sit with it for a while mm. because I was like okay some of these tunes are absolutely unbelievable but there's something happening here and I don't I'm not sure I fully understand it yet mm. and I had to I, it, was one, it, it was one of those immediate as soon as you finished the album all right straight back to track one yeah let, let me get my head around this yeah and I- it is it's just an incredible incredible album I knew it was something special from the first time I heard it mm. but I didn't know exactly why
1: I think it's an album that really benefits. I think a lot of hip hop is like this for me, certainly um, for a person who wouldn't be as familiar with vernacular as like if I was somebody in Compton listening to it, for example. Um, You really benefit from reading the lyrics along with this record. I did it again. I hadn't done it for a long time. I did it again last night. I sat down with it and I sat down with like the, the lyric sheet and like... An hour and a half had passed and got, got to the end of the record and I was like, I, I genuinely feel like I've just watched a film. Mm. Do you know, It is an incredibly cinematic album um, with all of these different kind of narrative like strands and perspectives. And I think you, if you do that first when you listen to it, they'll always kind of be there. But if you don't, I feel like you might miss out on a little bit. Definitely.
0: Yeah. And it is, it is. It's like that 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 sort of, it is like a film. Like I think Kendrick Lamar always said he designed this to be like, this is a film of a day in the life. Yeah. And those are always my favorite type of films as well. Those sort of films where it's just everything happens in one day. Mm. So like Training Day, which is also set in Los Angeles as well. Or, yeah. I mean, I, I've seen some scholars compare this to like, James Joyce's Ulysses and portrait of an artist as a young man yeah which I mean I've never read and probably never will so training yeah. day is a much better comparison <laughs> for me um yeah. but that's it's just it is hugely cinematic he's a brilliant sort of scene builder and he just takes us back to this time when he was sort of in his late adolescence in his late, later teenage years mm. and just this formative event of a day mm. which completely changed his life it's based mostly on a true story um, about himself and his friends in Compton um, when he was 17. Uh, he lost one of his friends and then later another one of his friends uh, to violence. And just some of the themes which have then become so, so wound up in Kendrick Lamar's music, Into a Butterfly, things like police brutality and racial profiling and gang violence, the fact that he's you know moved away from drug, drug use. All of these things have just become staples of what Kendrick Lamar is, and he is the most special rapper that we will probably see. He is our generation's number one guy. Mm. Like, and it's it's so interesting. I think even listening to um, uh, on Poetic Justice, which is one of the, the sort of middle tracks in this, he has Drake on the album, mm. and Drake, Drake, is, Drake, Drake has some good tunes. Like, but yeah. it's just it's just so interesting that this was. It was almost like that. That feels like something that the, the label wanted. Yeah, it's like we need Drake in there. He's the hot young thing. He can come in, give you a nice, sexy They'll hook onto kind of this. Like, yeah, we'll yeah. lift this up. And it's just, ever, ever since then, I mean, they've just gone completely their different completely ways. Different completely different directions. ways. <laughs> uh, yeah. And by all accounts, they hate each other. And yeah. it's great. It's great to sort yeah. of hear that. But like, there was, there was. It, I, I suppose just, to, the, the excitement that has been caused by this album and just what a sea change it was. Mm. The landscape changed entirely after that. There were so many, like it, it really became something of a new golden age mm. in the art form. I mean, I, I'm going to say it, we were going to talk about a different album.
1: We were, yes, we, we, we can we can mention that. Yeah, we can More mention that. More than it. happy to,
0: yeah. Like uh, Kanye West, My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy, which is probably the album I've listened to most of all time. That is of this era yeah. as well. Um, but like, and then I think, I think it's it sort of encapsulated best by the Grammys that year when Macklemore, one mm. for the heist. Over, yeah. over this.
1: That that classic album. I'm, I'm I'm sure we'll have someone in on the podcast to it's, discuss. It's that definitely season, season three. Will definitely have Macklemore's <laughs> the heist in there.
0: Uh, but this is just an incredibly special album. Yeah, it's it's all of just the best things about hip hop. Um, it it does wonders for the like, the the idea of the concept album as well which is not yeah. something i normally like but um i love amazing. a concept album i have
1: yeah. Abso- yeah i'm I, i'm a concept album apologist uh, 100% i grew up with a dad who um loved uh, pink floyd so yeah. it was it was always going to be that way yeah yeah, yeah. I, I mean this this record is so interesting you know f- following his story and i think it's so interesting that you mentioned portrait of the artist on ulysses because I've often thought of this as Kendrick's portrait of the artist and To Pimp a Butterfly as his Ulysses, because I think he's doing, you can kind of see the beginnings of his kind of his experimentation with narrative Mm. in this, but it's not quite as, you know, experimental as it was on To Pimp a Butterfly. He's kind of laying the groundwork here. You have very much of a a kind of a a hero's journey structure. You meet him at the beginning. He's trying to go and see his girlfriend. He's literally just thinking about having sex. Like, that's all he wants to do. He's His mom is, like, calling him and saying, you were supposed to drive me to go and get food stamps. Yeah. Like, where are you? And he's just this dumb kid. And you're like, oh, Kendrick, come on. But, you know, that's the hero leaving. Yeah. And, and you see his, his central flaw right there at the beginning, that he's an idiot teenager yeah. and will be easily influenced by other people. And I love that. I love that it doesn't make you... Like um, he he doesn't ma- try to make himself sympathetic right off the bat. No way. He's like, no, I'm 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 an idiot, and I'm just trying to have sex. Like, and that's all I'm doing. I think I <laughs> think the best song for for
0: encapsulating that is is, is Baxy Freestyle. Yeah, which has yeah. become an absolute banger at any of his of his
1: concerts mm-hmm. or whatever.
0: But like. Just the lyrics of it is that sort of almost that toxic teenager masculinity, hyper-masculinity yeah. of this is him in the backseat of the van with, with all his, his mates. Yeah, my and first he's just rap. like Trying first. to shock them into like, you know, obviously the, the lyric about the Eiffel Tower uh, and yeah. all that sort of yeah. stuff. I mean... It's it's incredible. He's he's so able to bring himself back there. And it's so interesting that he changes his voice when he does. That mm. sort of, if he goes back to the k persona of, of when he was in this sort of phase. And then obviously to his more sort of deeper voice than Kendrick Lamar, who he is now, the artist that we all know, mm. know and love. It's just so brilliant how yeah. well he's able to jump between voices, between characters. You mentioned his parents and mm. the sort of the voicemails.
1: They're absolutely brilliant. Oh my God, it's
0: incredible. And it's great that like, it sort of ties in at the start. And at the end, and it brings it back, and it's like, oh yeah, you said you were going to take that van for 15 minutes. And he goes up on this unbelievable journey, Mm. which takes place over the course of like a day and a half. And it's just-
1: And she's like, it's fine, I, I rescheduled my appointment. But this guy's still looking for his Domino's. He's looking for his Domino's. You <laughs> kendrick got <laughs> back his Domino's. Which I can never not think about as Domino's pizza. Yeah. Like this guy just really wants a pizza. I think was the
0: first 10 times I listened to the album, I thought, yeah, this man just really wants pizza. It's really like wants I, I, pizza. I fully understand where he's coming from. Um, but he's no, really funny on it as uh, well. He is. They're so good. And they're both his his real parents mm. do the voiceovers, which I think is fantastic. You couldn't get actors to do that better. Yeah. Like, But like, it's so interesting even watching how the voicemails sort of develop over the course of the album. At the start, it's like, Kendrick, you're an idiot. What are you talking about? You've taken my van. Need to get food stamps. You said you'd gone for 15 minutes. And over the course of the album, sort of midway through, it becomes here. Look, I don't care. Just, just bring the, al- bring the, bring just the car back. Bring the just car bring back. Bring the car back. Yeah. Then at the end, look, I heard what happened to your friend, his friend Dave, who was who was shot and killed. Mm. Um, and you just hear just a sense of worry yeah. from his parents, and they're just like, here, look. You, I heard you're starting to, you know, to, to rap, and you have this opportunity to escape all of this, which is happening to your friends on these streets. Just keep going and just be a positive influence. And they yeah. heard of it. We have to talk about the cameo of the album as well, which is my Angelou Yes, <laughs> my Angelou's yeah. baptism comes in there. But like it is yeah. such an interesting journey all the way through, and yeah, it's. I, I just think it's just so incredibly done. Mm. It's it's really affecting. I have to say when you actually think back to, to all of the voicemails and how they, they sort of weave themselves into the narrative of this.
1: Yeah, I think the first song that hit me when I first listened to this record, because I think I put it on and I didn't kind of give it the attention it, deserved at the time a few years ago and had it on the background and I was enjoying it but I was like it all feels a little bit disjointed and I wasn't Mm. sure about the different voices because I didn't know that it was kind of representing different narratives but the song that really kind of hooked me in was Swimming Pools because I think that that's the most maybe the most obvious track on the album where you can see what it is exactly that he's doing I think it is just such a stroke of genius to have such a hooky chorus like that, that you can imagine. And I've seen a group of people at a party sing along to in this kind of like, yeah, let's all get fucked mm. up. Let's get drunk. And then maybe not know the words to all the, co- all yeah. the, all the verses when actually talking about like intense um, kind of family addiction and what it does to him yeah. and, and it's mentioned throughout the record on a few different occasions that like oh no K-Dot doesn't smoke or K-Dot's clean or K-Dot's good or whatever um, and so he is this kind of good kid but that but that song I think is just such a stroke of genius for how it it does the like I'm I'm in your conscience like I'm I'm trying to help you here so you're you're not just seeing things from like His perspective and his friend's perspective and his family's perspective, you get to see the kind of the duality of Kendrick Lamar, K-Dot, this person who's trying to like be both a poet and a rapper and an artist and do what he thinks will will kind of will help him achieve a kind of a like artistic integrity. But also he's hanging around with gangbangers who are, you know, taking drugs and getting fucked up all the time and stuff. I just think that song just just so
0: perfect. Yeah, because it became this party anthem, and it's so interesting. Which I find
1: really uncomfortable when it comes on. Absolutely, I think I think
0: that's almost by design. It's like I want this to sound like this. This is going to be a single off the album. People are really going to absolutely bump this at college parties and whatnot. And then where it's placed in the album, that's really where it all goes horribly wrong. He uses his friend to go straight into "Sing About Me, I'm Dying of Thirst," which is
1: a masterpiece,
0: just incredible. Yeah. Like, it is very hard not to listen to that song and well up yes. as he's going through the different characters in it. And it, I suppose what's so interesting about Kendrick in that as well is that he, he embraces those sort of, those contrasts. He does party bangers a lot of the times. Yeah. While also, as you say, you know, talking about how this experience, which you details in this about drug use. And, you know, he takes a joint which is laced with, with cocaine and mm. it's completely just like it fucks them up really yeah. like you know but like it's just um it's incredible just to, to go from that sort of song and how that song was received widely into something which is so deeply it just details the trauma really mm, yeah. um like i'm just the 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 ad libs in that from um kendrick's friends or obviously actors in this but like i mean just about obviously the character dave has been um killed at this point and just this screaming of I'm tired I'm tired of this shit mm. and Kendrick sort of takes that and is like I'm tired of running and it's just incredible it's mm. incredible he just puts himself in different voices he puts himself as well which is actually really interesting I actually thought this okay when I clocked he was doing this I was like okay this this is very interesting mm. you have this introspection because he takes on um he basically takes on a character from his his a character from the section eighty, the tape for us. He he basically wrote a song about this woman, mm. and um, it was basically a Brenda's got a baby sort of a situation that brought that sort of famous two packs song. And he basically inherits in this song the character of her sister by saying here, how come you wrote this song about my sister? Yeah, this brought a lot of trouble to us. I can't believe that you did that. And it's sort of, you get the sense of already, and this is still very early in his career, that he has this responsibility. Yeah. That talking about real things, Absolutely. and this is all about a real life experience, mm. that this has responsibility, this will have impact on people. Mm. That Compton can be a small part of a very big city of Los Angeles, but like, that this is effectively a village. Yeah. And that you have the squinting windows and you have talking about people, and this is going to bring bad stuff to people who are vulnerable. Yeah. So it's incredible yeah. just that he has that sort of scope, even at that age.
1: There's there's a moment in, the, in that... Um, section um where from her perspective she says something like um leave me off your next record or like don't do this and i think that sense of responsibility that you mentioned is really interesting because he's not going to act in a way that he thinks is responsible based on what other people's idea of that is like he's clearly thought about that and said no my responsibility is actually to um is, is actually to voice this concern mm. that you have and a concern about privacy and a concern about being embarrassed and about being shamed within this community and i think that that's really interesting that he's he's not listening to someone when when they say don't put me on the record but he's letting us know that they didn't want to be on the record mm. and i'm like oh that's quite a ethical kind of that's a quite a deep ethical yeah quandary. it's a thorny one yeah, yeah yeah it is it's sticky and it's thorny yeah. and, you do, and you don't have to agree with him doing that um I mean, I'm I'm glad he did it because I really love her perspective in that song. I think it's, I think the women on this album are quite interesting, mm. um, because they are generally kind of objects of desire. Yes, and if that um, if that section wasn't in that song, I think I think it would have lacked.
0: It wouldn't have had the nuance. Yeah, it would really just be from. Seventeen-year-old Kendrick Lamar, horny teenagers' yeah. perspective. Yeah, just being like, th- "Oh my god, just yeah. send me
1: a picture of her boobs, and I you crashed into a car." Yeah, yeah, yeah. and you're like, "Okay, Kendrick." <laughs> but like that, that, <laughs> that is—it's it's so
0: interesting that he that he does do that, and I think mm-hmm. I think it does make a big impact overall. Yeah, because it I think would so. be it would just be be lost in that sort of that teenage masculinity where, where
1: women are just either your girlfriend or hot girls over there or your mom yeah. and that's it
0: yeah and the lads yeah. are like yeah and we're all trying to bone tonight and all that sort of stuff Like, I know? love
1: that bit where, like one, one of his friends at the beginning is like oh yeah I'm, I'm trying to fuck tonight too and then all his friends are like no you're not <laughs> sit down no one's uh, no one's going near you <laughs> and I love the friends I love the the dynamic of of the friends there's a really sweet moment I can't remember which bit it is it, it hmm it's it's in one of the kind of the uh, dialogue scenes at the end of one of the songs, and they're like, we have to drop Kendrick off yes. because he needs to bring his van back to his mom. And yeah. they, even that, even his friends are like, okay, we'll, we'll drop Kendrick we off to, and yeah, then we'll yeah, go yeah, and exactly. do what we need. She's to probably do. worried. Get him yeah, back his van. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And and the sense that Kendrick is obviously this good kid in the Mad City, but that Kendrick is slightly outside of them. He's slightly not like them. Yeah. And there's there's a bit of a sense of that, like um, <laughs> one day I hope when I when I pull up outside your house that you won't come out. I know? was going to say <laughs> it's the good, here, it's right? the, the good hunting thing. You it, know? Is, it is, yeah. A bit of that. yeah. There is an element of that, and these yeah. guys
0: clearly do recognise this guy's talented and mm. that he has he's special. That's why mm. they get him to rap in the backseat of the car in backseat freestyle. Yeah, um, but that is so fascinating. I suppose actually, I mean before it's before we really the narrative of the whole album and that sort of that linear sort of pattern that's not really linear because it jumps back and forth mm. don't kill my vibe bitch don't kill my vibe yeah second song on the, on the album yeah it is basically just one of the greatest mission statements that you're ever going to hear such a
1: banger like it's it just, is
0: just about how like he will not do what commercial rap is all about at the moment and it was about being the biggest and the most you know it's about how much money you can get for gigs and all that sort of stuff And mm. it's just incredible uh, I do find it interesting That Lady Gaga Was signed on to do um, To do the hook on that Was she? Yeah yeah She was oh. signed up And they were going to release and this is actually I think this is This almost says as much about it Because Kendrick had an idea That when he wanted the album To come out And they had to wait For all these clearances And all these label issues They were like No no, don't worry about it We're okay. going to put Anna Wise on it instead And Anna Wise has been like Yeah s- So interwoven Throughout all of Kendrick Lamar's music And I, I've heard can If you go on YouTube You can listen to the Lady Gaga version Oh and How is um, it? It's overpowering. Yeah. Lady Gaga is amazing, but this is overpowering. <laughs> yeah. And it's out of place. It's just like, There's oh, a time and yeah. a place for
1: Gaga and I don't think it's in the second track of your major label debut. Like, But, kind of but a, yeah.
0: again, that's almost like just one of the great accidents or things that I almost think was was meant to happen. Mm. Would this album have been a special? Would it have been, would it have been able to take you into a place and a time as much uh, if you had Lady Gaga Warbling on the second track Yeah Probably I mean not. if you
1: have I think you can have Either Lady Gaga or Drake You can't have both Yes, exactly, you know I mean? exactly. I, then, then it sort of gets A little bit Then it gets a bit iffy um, Like so, Sometimes when Kendrick jumps on A verse with like Taylor Swift for example and you're just like Ugh, yeah. nobody believes in this for, <laughs> for such a talented guy
0: his, his guest verses on some oh. stuff are just bad
1: <laughs> really bad really really bad but I like I th- to think
0: that's a choice as well yeah. I
1: fully fully <laughs> believe it's a choice I'm like I I don't expect you to bring your A game to Taylor Swift yeah. I think I think it's okay if you don't do that it's actually. fine you just need yeah.
0: to do just tick a few boxes you're there for a bit of credibility good mm. on you Yeah. enjoy it yeah. get your check as well yeah absolutely yeah.
1: I mean t- Taylor Swift making enough money off, off, off these songs you can cash in that's fine I'm curious as to why so if somebody was to say to me my favorite album is a Kendrick Lamar album my immediately immediate thought would be that their favorite album was to pimp a butterfly why why this album over everything else that he's released
0: it's a good question it's a good question I think to pimp a butterfly is probably the quote-unquote better album mm-hmm. it's a masterpiece it is incredible and then damn of course he went on he won a Pulitzer Prize for damn yes. for yeah. crying out it's loud like, it's yeah. unbelievable yeah. um I just think that this is as what is a major label debut this is what he considers to be his debut mm. I don't know anyone else who could pull off a debut of this kind as revolutionary as it was as fully formed as it was mm. um and just weaving in such an incredibly complex narrative um, where he has so much introspection, but also just great bangers. And this, mm. of course, like this is... Dr. Dre, of course, does incredible production on this. Yeah. There's great beat makers all the way through this. I think... um, I think... I I think, I, I, Do you know what? It's probably because of moments in the song which I'll associate with things like... Like the song Money Trees, which is... It has that Silver Soul sample from, from Beach House. Yeah. And it's just the most unbelievably vibey thing of all time yeah just when the intro to that kicks off it's it's summer and I remember actually my fr- friend D- Dave Hanratty uh who, who you're listening be familiar with from another music podcast um we were driving to our place in um, Phoenix Park one day and it was one summer's day and, and this just popped on and I was like oh my god and I was like <laughs> we're playing this song three times in a yeah. row uh there's just great moments which I associate with some of the songs and it's just I don't know there's some of it as well which I suppose it takes you back to your teenage years and you're like things you are so lucky to be born where you are Mm. um there are different times where you could have taken the wrong decision too um and I just find this just an incredibly just an incredible piece of work by a very young artist Mm. who had so much ahead of him and we all got a sense of what he was capable of from this
1: yeah yeah I agree um I think I think yeah related like it has a relatability that you wouldn't expect it to have. Um, certainly, for me as a kind of a young white woman in mm. Dublin um, and the privileges that come with that, it it does. It has a relatability that is completely unexpected, but doesn't. He's not kind of reaching out to you, and he's not holding your hand through this, but you do get a sense that the the narrative and the mood is such that you can just step into this world and look around, but then you get to leave again. And I think that that is also a a decision on his part, you know, like that he's making a story out of this, but also obviously fully aware that these are people's lives and something about Kendrick that has kind of run through all of his albums is that he has that kind of, I will never forget where I came from, attitude and with him I just find it more believable Mm, I was gonna say yeah do you know what I mean like it's I think it's quite cool to be like I'll never forget where I came from but also have you seen my Lamborghini Mm. whereas Kendrick I just think in his in his life in his kind of you know public facing life he's really not this um braggadocious we don't know anything about it we don't know anything we still don't know about anything him. about him. yeah
0: like this is and, and this is i know he's been
1: going out with his girlfriend for a really long yeah time. since they were in they were in just high very, school i think yeah, they have, i think they have a baby think. now but yeah. like
0: we don't know because intensely private which is brilliant yeah we yeah. know he has some new project coming out this year mm-hmm. we hope i think we said we, we said we know many times before um yeah. i just think that's that's great yeah. but there is that allure still with kendrick lamar that you don't know what what's going on with him yeah. Uh, I can't wait to see uh, what, what he comes out with next. But I think it's fantastic. And it is so different to what we see elsewhere in music. And it's not in any criticism of anybody else because that's how the industry works. And it's, great, it's great to see semantics sometimes, yeah. you know? Yeah, But it is fascinating. That is, a, that is a fascination that Kendrick Lamar, despite being the most talented hip-hop artist mm. of his generation, who's released, you know, three 10 out of 10 albums mm. back to back to back. Yeah. Is... You know we, we you you could like you could list things about him and it would just be like you know half a fools cap page like yeah do you know what I mean yeah
1: do you uh, remember the weekend he released damn on Good Friday and everyone thought that he was going to release a a companion album on yes on easter sunday where he was gonna like rise again they're like yeah
0: that he's gonna do this again i was in i was in america at the time i was actually working on um a series for for news talk it was 100 days of trump it was sort of driving across the states and i was like oh my god i have this this album to listen to now yeah and now i'm gonna have another album to listen to and it never (laughs) happened but like it's because there is so little of him that we know about that people create this mythology.
1: Yeah, it's the opposite to what Kanye West does. Totally, right? is he, Kanye West is a kind of a self-mythologizer. Yeah, Kendrick Lamar just kind of lets you do the work, and he'll just step back for. I mean, how long has it been since Dam was released? Was that like 2019, 2018, something I like that? It's twenty seventeen. Is it I good? Think God, twenty seventeen. Yeah, Jesus. Right. So Humble he he, of... he can literally step back for like five years, yeah. and we're all just kind of like and. Whenever you feel like it, Kendrick, like we'll be here. Um, have you ever seen him live?
0: I have seen him live, yeah. Uh, Where have
1: you seen him? Wasn't that at Longitude? Or was it Electric? Oh picnic? yeah, Longitude. Either of those two things. Mm-hmm. I'd
0: love to see um, a big old indoor show with them. to be honest. Yeah, I didn't I like think the crowd at the show. Yeah, It was
1: at, at Longitude. It was
0: I don't wanna I don't wanna like hit out at a festival or anything like that but like uh,
1: yeah there's yeah
0: I didn't have a great it was, it was just was, it
1: was the 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 pocket of people that I was in was a lot of white people who were very happy to sing along with all all of the words'll we'll say that's um, always a problem and I was it, like yeah mm. it's
0: like oh, no yeah <laughs> this is disappointing oh, no. please no yeah. yeah so like I mean I'd love to i'd yeah I'd love to see him again live I just, I just i just I just find it interesting as well how he would concoct like a set list of songs from three four very distinct mm. albums and projects which are all you know very narrative driven mm. and just sort of picking them out and it does work it does work he's yeah. unbelievable for that so yeah
1: like a, his performance at the grammys in 2015 um was this kind of like narrative performance uh, of like three tracks i think from uh to pimp a butterfly yeah. and he was able to kind of like rejig that narrative for a for kind of a shorter time, sp- time span and also for the audience that he was kind of um, performing it in front of. So he's he's able to do that, but I don't expect him to do it for like a festival audience. I'm like, that's fine. You're losing, I, yeah. You're losing yeah.
0: some of the art there. Like, I, yeah. I do yeah. think
1: so, yeah, because I think he's an incredible performer um, when he has the kind of but like he's more like a kind of an actor in a way. Like I, I like him working with things like set design and lighting and stuff. I just don't know if you quite get that at like it's A straight festival. up stage show, yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. he
0: is and he does such interesting things with music videos. You talk yeah. about the Grammy's performance which is, you know, the word iconic is, is yeah. the worst word in the dictionary, but it is what it is. Yeah. I wrote um, my master's thesis on it. Did you? I did. That's yeah. incredible. Yeah. yeah. It
1: was yeah, it was it was half of my master's thesis and the other half was um, Beyonce at the Super Bowl uh, the same year when she dropped Formation. Wow. Yeah, I don't know Good how I got away with that. It was it was the best year of my life. Yeah, <laughs> like, awesome. honestly, I want the thesis. It was the best year of my life. Drop yeah. the thesis now. I will drop the thesis on um, Twitter. <laughs> but yeah,
0: like I mean, even in terms of even album art, he's mm-hmm. always had. You know, I think he's always considered his art not just to be about music, but about you know the vision of it, uh, how it all looks when it's put together. message it sends he has a very like it's a strange ability to be able to pull all these different strands together yeah um it's always been more about more than just the song to him Mm. and i just think that's incredible it is just fascinating because i just know that whatever comes out next it's just going to be something which is arresting and we're going to have to dissect it for you know many years i'm gonna have to head head back and try and yeah dig out lyric sheets and stuff like that and just trying it's like what is he trying to say yeah so um i'm just yeah I'm blown away by him as an artist. I just think his creativity is unbelievable.
1: Yeah. And I think he's like one of my favorite people in the world. I just love him. I, I, I got into like a rabbit hole of him just uh, on YouTube last night. of just him like accepting awards. <laughs> I was just like, yes! <laughs> Good for you! Accept <laughs> that award. It is. It's um, unbelievable.
0: It is so hard to just l- look at somebody and just be like, I'm just really happy for this yeah. guy.
1: And it's amazing that he has a Pulitzer Prize. He's got endless amount of Grammys. He's got all of these awards. And yet I do think he's still underrated. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing, yeah. Like, I
0: mean, he if you talk about the drake thing mm. so like drake has drake and himself have been involved at various stages in some sort of um this is basically it's a, it's a clash of styles and the clash of you know ethos is really mm. drake has had how many albums since then
1: yeah like and they've all had like 25 can, songs i can't you
0: know? yeah I, I, I i've lost track of them yeah he has some amazing songs he has some great tunes mm. but like it's just so fascinating to have these and then it's, it's, whatever you say about Drake, he is hyper talented as well. Mm. Um, these two different, you know, paths you can follow and both are sort of equally valid, really, I suppose. Yeah. Um, it's, it's so fascinating to see how they've sort of diverged. Mm. I mean, even if you look at different projects Kendrick has been involved in since, like the last track on the album on, on Good Kid, Mad City is Compton uh, with Dr. Dre, which is sort of like it, it's out of the narrative. You hear the tape stop. And it rewinds, and then this is sort and of like, like the oh next God, chapter. I'm and here I am, a track yeah. With
1: Dr. Dre, it's all happening, and it's about Compton. And D- yeah.
0: I don't know if you ever heard the Dre album Compton, mm-hmm. which was initially sort of just on Apple Music. That is incredible. Mm-hmm. And again, Kendrick Lamar is the driving force on it. Yeah. He takes a lot of shots at Drake in that. It's just unbelievable. It's just his ability to just command whatever piece of music he's put on, mm-hmm. um, is just something which I just don't think anybody else. Artistically, can compete with.
1: Yeah, because I think it's it, it, it's 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 a funny thing at your ear the first time you listen to Kendrick Lamar because he doesn't rap like other rappers. He doesn't rap on the beat like other rappers. Like he he can do, and I think that's why his guest verse on other on pop tracks sound weird to us because he's rapping in this kind of four four thing. But we're actually quite used to, on a lot of Good Kid, Mad City, and certainly on To Pimp a Butterfly, this much freer, like you don't really know where the one is. Like he seems to be, you know, actually like speaking and rapping completely at odds with the meter, but he's able to make mm-hmm. it work. So I think the first time you hear Kendrick Lamar, you're like, ooh, weird.
0: Yeah, this whereas, is what I'm used to. Or yeah, is whereas it.
1: with Drake is like basically the most kind of 4-4 artist yeah. you can think of right I mean like most most hip-hop is in is in 4-4 it's, it's not it's you're all gonna get called out by him now like... yeah <laughs> 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 this notoriously thin-skinned
0: man is but gonna he... come for you yeah <laughs> he's
1: gonna come for my for the little podcast that could <laughs> He'll be
0: outside the lane next knocking <laughs> in the window ready
1: to fight <laughs> um have you anything else to add Richard is there anything we haven't spoken about here
0: do you know actually on Money Trees it is so mm. interesting that um this is a masterpiece from start to finish and the best verse on the album isn't even by Kendrick Lamar. Mm. It's 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 J Rock who was his his label mate at TDE who just delivers this unbelievable um story of what life is like in Compton uh, for people who don't have mm-hmm. and what expectations are put upon them what they have to do to survive. Um it's just unbelievable. Like the the, the collaborations and the contributions from um other artists on this is something which makes it even more special mm. uh Schoolboy q who is also on td basically just contributes a few yak yak ad yeah. adlibs which is yeah. great which,
1: which are which are well placed well placed <laughs> add a lot add a lot
0: i just find I I, I I just think that um that all adds as well to the sense of um just realism and authenticity from kendrick lamar mm. if he's telling the story about friendship how things gone wrong his situation his neighborhood and he has it shows that like loyalty and friendship is something which is very important to him because he still has these mates who are new mates who he's made along the way in music Mm. who he will give platforms to and he will shine on with them i think it's just just incredible yeah it's all incredible i
1: I, I think it's it's the it's the early kind of it's the introduction of kendrick lamar as a, a kind of a musical director as well like i think he gets so much out of people and he really I like I've, I've, oh. i watched some interviews with like quest about like him yes. working with him and stuff and i'm like he's a challenging guy to work with like he will he will work you until he gets the sound that he wants and i love that
0: the best sort of point on that is actually on the, 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 the deluxe version mm. Um, there's a few bonus tracks and there is a version of don't kill my vibe with a jay-z guest verse yeah and if you're talking about how kendrick lamar can inspire and can get people to do something jay-z put his only good guest verse (laughs) in about 10 years on that and kendrick went back to requires like okay well i I see this as a challenge Mm. which is incredible Mm. this is like there's there's a great video on youtube which i'd encourage anybody to go see it's of when kendrick heard jay-z's guest verse for the first time it was a surprise to him Mm. and top dog basically delivered it to him and he's like here just he's just sitting in the studio and he just hears Jay-Z's voice kicking with up in the clouds me and my spouse which is probably the weakest line off of the thing but he anyway, basically just, you just hear see him light up and he's just sort of processing yeah. everything Jay-Z's saying he's like okay this is unbelievable yeah. I need to go back in the booth again oh, that's because amazing. I don't want to be outshone on my own song Yeah, which is incredible but it just shows as well that Jay-Z was like Jay-Z doesn't do yes verses for mm. anybody
1: I mean do you think when he delivered the verse for Monster that Kanye even listened to it? <laughs> Could i have? love that verse do I mean, you it's okay is, right clear so your bad. schedule explain it's so yourself bad. It's so bad. <laughs> uh,
0: this is the one thing i wish if we did talk about my beautiful darkness of fantasy <laughs> that we would get into this absolutely but we will anyway <laughs> yeah um it's ridiculous yeah it's so stupid have
1: you seen the, the video and it's like, <laughs> like jay-z jay-z's monster verse but he just keeps listing yeah. different <laughs> kinds of monsters He's like banshee, God! <laughs> it's amazing.
0: I love it. I love how stupid it is because I think that's actually just adds a comedic value into that, especially because it comes after like Nicki Minaj's verse, yeah, which is like just one of the greatest things, w- one of the best verses of all delivered time, delivered on a yeah, microphone, yeah. yeah. But yeah, just just Kendrick's ability to sort of get that out of Jay Z, yeah, given that 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 was something he delivered on a year before on, on a Kanye West album, yeah,
1: uh
0: which is somebody who he should have loyalty to or awards at that time, yeah, this is, like, his guy, but like. Yeah, I just found I was, I was like this. This is a mark of somebody who is like who is changing the landscape. Mm. Who is you know people of even the ilk of Jay Z, who many would say is the greatest rapper of all time, mm. that they see this guy as okay. I'm going on with this guy. This is a challenge. I'm going to lay down a marker. I'm going to remind people why mm. I'm who I am. Why I'm Jay Z. Mm. Which I think is just that. Just that's that just says a lot about what yeah. this album is and what this music uh, has done. And I just think that's that's inspiring.
1: Mm. Thank you so much, Richard Chambers, for being here. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks so much to Richard for the chat and to you for listening. You can subscribe to the podcast on all your podcast apps. And if you wanted to share with a friend, that would make me very happy. This podcast is an original Tall Tales production, with thanks to Fergal Curtis for producing and Cathy Delaney for the artwork. See you soon.